Yes, a very good morning, everyone. Wednesday, February 21, the Big Sports Breakfast on Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab. Good morning, wherever and however you are listening. Those teams are out for week two of the preseason challenge as we count down to the start of the NRL season. Uh, Penrith entrenched over there in Manchester ahead of the World Club Challenge this week. Uh, as well, some news in regards to Jarvaria Hargreaves at the Roosters. The It's the uh, annual, annual general meeting for the game this morning, the Australian Rugby League Commission, the NRL as well. We're looking ahead to the start of the Supercars season, the Bathurst 500 this weekend. Plenty of AFL news around as well. And, of course, we've got a T20 tonight between New Zealand and Australia to kick off that tour across the Tasman uh, some Champions League this morning, round of 16 action. There's a Premier League match between Man City and Brentford as well. So plenty going on this morning. A lot of great guests through the show as well. And Pup's here. G'day, Pup. Morning, boys. What's doing? What do you mean, Pup's here? Well, I just... Where have I been? Got nowhere. Oh. Uh, not you got, much. You got, you got the long sleeve shirt after the jumper yesterday. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, it's... Hot flushes, got... cold flushes. What's doing? No, just a stiff neck. My neck's cooked. I'm going. I need a scan, MRI this week. I think it's it's injection time. Cortisone. Jeez. Facet joint block. Two of those, one each side. Mm. I I'm sick of treatment already. It's only been a week, but I can't handle it. What just can't go one yeah, way? Just stiff neck. Yeah. yeah, mornings are probably worse. It'll heat up as the day goes on, but yeah, you know what it's like. Just you don't like being injured. No. Especially when you don't know what it's from. At least. Have done something to get an injury. I haven't done anything. Old age, Loz. Happens to all of us. Right? <laughs> Happens to all of us. How are you, Loz? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Um, obviously looking forward to the trials again this weekend because a couple of the clubs have named full-strength sides. And the Doggies in particular, I was interested to see what side they were going to put out and where Stephen Crichton uh, fitted into the puzzle. And it looks as though... Mm-hmm. He's going to play centre, start at least start the year as a centre because I think if he was going to play fullback in round one, that's where they would have mm. selected him for this weekend's game. They've decided to keep Blake Taff. I think it looks a strong backline uh, for the Bulldogs, uh, and you still got to remember you've still got a guy like Connor Tracy that is not playing this weekend that will definitely come into that mm. squad somewhere. Um, but that backline, uh, that's pretty good when you've got Crichton. Uh, in the centres, you've got Burton at 5'8", you've got Addo Carr on the wing, you've got Blake Taff at the back. I thought Bronson Sherry was terrific in his first game back in four years. So uh, there's a bit to like about the Dogs' back line. Drew Hutchison leading the race. You'd have to probably take from that for the seven jersey at the moment as well. Yeah, you'd think so. You'd think that he's uh, in line to start the seven. He got that position last week against the Melbourne Storm. He's there again this weekend. Um, And again, I think that Drew, with his experience, and can take a bit of pressure off Matt Burton, and it was working well with them, Uh, albeit Toby Sexton, when he came on in that trial in the second half, played good football. And if you're judging them both on their performances, on who was the better player in that game, it was Toby Sexton, I thought. But uh, Drew Hutchinson uh, is a good player. Uh, he'll fit into that system really well. Uh, he frees Burton up. Uh, the big question mark about the dogs will be their forwards. You know, the forward pack. Uh, to you know, to my eye, looks as though it's a couple of big men short. 
Um, and when I mean big men, probably middles short. Um, but who knows if they can keep the majority of their best 17 on the paddock all season, uh, they'll be more than competitive, uh, better than last year, I would say. Little double header there at Belmore on Friday night with uh, the Bunnies taking on the Roosters. Naturally, both sides uh, very much, well, they're essentially New South Wales Cup sides, aren't they? Considering, obviously, the the main squads are over there in the States. And then you've got the Sharks and the Dogs there at Belmore. Uh, and the Sharks and Dogs both look very close, if not full strength, very close to uh, ahead of that preseason challenge match. But this game tonight, it's on at 5.10 Eastern Daylight Time over at the Basin Reserve there in Windy Wellington mm. in New Zealand. And Mitch Marsh saw a bit of him speaking yesterday, Pup, uh, you know, saying that the top three settled. Travis Head, Dave Warner opening, Mitch Marsh at three. Steve Smith, it's going to be interesting. This is our last three T20 internationals, by the way, before the World Cup mm. in the middle of this year. Marcus Stornis is injured for this uh, little series, or at least this game. I think he's out for the series, actually. They put uh, Spencer Johnson in for him. So what he... It's usually Maxwell, four. Stornis, five. Tim David, six in our T20 side. And then Matty Wade, seven. Mm. No Stornis for this series. So you'd think Smith probably slots in in that... No. Floating spot? No. I don't reckon. So what, what, reckon where, where does he fit? He's he doesn't open. fit. He's got to open the batting. Open or nothing? I think so. Mm. I, I think he's. I think in, in one day cricket different, he yeah. can bat anywhere in that top four. Um, in T20 cricket now, I think he has to open. Otherwise, I think you, yeah, you're probably picking a power player through the middle or an all-rounder through the middle. Um, you know, you've seen what Glenn Maxwell does from in that number four position. Uh, he's as good as anyone in the world batting in the middle order. He's probably better than anyone. Like, he scored more hundreds at number four than any other player. So, I think I think Smitty in 2020 cricket is suited to opening the batting. And I think he's shown that through the BBL with the Sixers as well. That's his, That's the best place for him to bat. So, I think they either open with him or you'll probably see they'll go with um, an all-rounder through the middle or a bit more of that Tim David power player who can smack it out of the park. Um, yeah, going to be interesting. Um, see how, again, start of this New Zealand tour. I know the test matches are different, but they want to get off to a good start. Um, Mitch Marsh captain as well, while Pat Cummins is in the squad. So that's the first time this has happened. Um, yeah, and the last couple of games before the T20 World Cup. So the Aussies all want to play good cricket, want to be winning, and then look towards that. That World Cup campaign. So we assume now Mitch Marsh is going to be captain of the World yes, Cup. Yes, I think so. I think this is very clear that he's now the 2020 captain. Um, and then Paddy is, is, well, Paddy's definitely doing the test matches. And it sounds like he wants to continue to do the one days as well. Good hey. mix, good balance, I reckon. Allows Paddy just to play these T20s and um, uh, just, take, just take a bit of pressure off as well. You don't have to do all the stuff outside of what happens on the field, all the meetings, all the organising. It just allows him to be with the boys and concentrate on bowling and smacking a few, which I'm sure he'll enjoy. Something for us to watch tonight. In Australia, a dollar fifty-five favourites with Tab for that one. New Zealand, a $2.45. You see, um, India have ruled out... So, well, Kale Rahul's still injured, mm. but they're, they're resting Boomer yeah, for his fourth test. I saw that. Mm. Amazing. You know, I, I know it's a, it's a big ask to ask him to play five test matches and be as good as he's been, but 
Yeah, interesting. Two one up. I thought maybe they might have mm. go for the jugular, win the series, and then where's the next test being played at? I don't know. No. Ranchy. Te- oh, this one's round. I don't know where the fifth test is. I'm yeah. not sure. Don't know unless they, maybe they think it's going to be an absolute turner. It's Durham Salah, which is right up near the Himalayas, yeah, be- which is perfect for the seamers. It? It's probably the best ground in India for seam bowling. Yeah, it's and still pretty good wicket. Yeah. But it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful stadium actually. Um, not far from Nepal. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. I just I, I'm, I'm a little surprised. I just thought maybe they might have thought win, push as hard as you can to win this game, win the series. Can't lose in the last test, and then you can do what you like with Boomer because he's been brilliant. But mm. I don't know. Maybe he's well, not maybe. He's that important to him as well. They probably don't want to see him injured, and um, he has bowled beautifully. So he's going to miss, and KRL is still not fit, which is. <laughs> And uh, I think I just saw Virat Kohli's just welcomed his second child. Him and his wife just had their second child. So uh, he's out of the entire series. So he won't be playing again either. Got a bit of depth though, haven't they? Oh, especially, especially in their conditions. Yeah. In Indian conditions, yeah. mate, there's, there's so much talent to choose. But um, there was a couple of young blokes that came out here oh, a couple of years ago. Mm. And I've never heard of them since. Yeah, Shadul. Dakur was sure, one of them. Pretty uh, sure was another one. Yeah. Uh, well, he was the keeper at the time. I think. Sure, no, he's a little opening batsman. They were comparing. Was to, he our oh, opener? That's yeah, right. Yeah, actually, you're right. Tendulkar. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he, he came out, and mm. I don't know whether he got any runs, but he, he seems to be on the outer. They got a heap of good players. Yeah, what happened to Rishat Pant? I know he had an accident. He had a yeah. car crash. Yeah. I think, I think it's been a long road back. Just, uh, he's going to be. He's. I saw he was training in the nets yesterday. So. Um, he's been out a while. Yeah, I think Matt. I think from his perspective, he's alive, lucky very to be alive. happy that yeah, yeah that he made it through that crash. So, but they're talking he'll be back for this year's IPL. He wants to be a part of it. He's been working. We had the even. I don't know. I'm just going on what I see on his social yeah. media. Was, it was nearly learned to walk again. All of that stuff. Like it was, oh, it was wow. really bad. Yeah. So yeah, hopefully for him, um, he's back for this year's IPL. But yeah, he unbelievable player, Rishabh Pant. My God. Tale of Two Cities, an interview here with Nathan Cleary. Cleary's Manchester moment is the back page of the Daily Telegraph today. Uh, headline, City Slickers with the same photo. Nathan Cleary there at Manchester City's facilities. That's on the back page of the Herald uh, as well. So Penrith, uh, and we'll speak to Adam Pengilly soon, who's uh, naturally over there covering the World Club Challenge. And uh, apparently they've had an opposed session with Sam Burgess's Warrington overnight in the lead-up to their clash against Wigan this weekend, and they've been blown away by Manchester City's facilities. Uh, Nathan Cleary, by the way, gave his two cents worth laws on the bunker, now having the power to look at field goals. And uh, Cleary saying he thinks it'll open a can of worms that'll be so nitpicked, especially if they're looking for offside. Now, when we get to Golden Point, if the bunker can look for offside and just look at, every circumstance around a field goal, well, there's going to be... If the field goal misses, there'll be, there should be a penalty every time because there just about is. To the letter mm. of the law, how many times do we see the markers, etc., in golden point when, when a field goal's been taken? You can't tell me there's not a player not off... There's not at least one player offside just about every single time. No. So if the field goal misses, you're going to get a penalty and a kick at goal yeah. to win the game. Well, teams are going to have to be a lot more disciplined, aren't they, for a start? But you're right in everything that you said. If you want to look deep into it, you can find a penalty anywhere. 
um, and the blockers, uh, which has become a bit of a, a negative on the game. But again, we get back to these stoppages, you know, uh, uh, towards the end of the game, you know, one team has a shot, another team goes down there, has another shot, <laughs> stopping the game, looking at it, you're wanting fatigue to come into it in that golden point time. Um, but anyway, I, I think if we can make the game better, uh, I'm all for it. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it all sort of plays out and there'll be some blow-ups throughout the year um, and there'll be some that get away with it and some that don't. It's just part of what we expect um, in the NRL when you go to um, use the technology. It's like in any sport. It'll be subjective calls. Mm. You know, you'll have moments where, oh, is that a blocker or isn't it a blocker? Is he one foot offside? Is he two centimetres offside? It, it, it's just going to come down to the the video ref's decision and some people will be unhappy with some of the decisions that are made. But overall, I think it's a good decision. But one of my frustrations has been the amount of stoppages we have. I just hope we don't have a time where we have field goal, field goal, field goal, three in a row and it's stopped for one and a half, two minutes. That's all. Probably will. Well, again, it highlights to me that golden point's a bit of a farce. Mm. Do you still like golden point, Loz? Oh, look, I know people want golden tries, but I, I, I just don't know what you're going to do and how you're going to police that as well. Because if it's golden try, you'll be giving away more penalties. You just give away penalties. Mm. Six to go, you'll you'll just give them away. Like at least with a like a field goal, if the referees are fair dinkum, they just penalise them if they do the wrong mm. thing. Um, but when it's a when it's a golden try, you you'll push the envelope a lot more. You're not going to jump off a player if you tackle them, knowing that you can give away a penalty and still be in the game because mm. they can the have a shot. They can have a shot for goal, but it doesn't matter if it's a golden try. Mm. They're still going to score a four pointer. Um, so uh, look, I, I don't know. I don't know. A lot of people don't like it. A lot of people would love to have the draw. Um, I think it's exciting when we go to Golden Point. Um, but a lot of people disagree. I think a lot of people would still love the draw to be in the game and take a point at the end of the 80 minutes. Or just go five each way, and if you're ahead at the end of the 10 minutes, great. Not not golden anything, like we have in, in, um, well, in the just, finals. Well, you could just go six What minutes. do you mean, just take the draw? No, no, well, we'll just go five each, draw after 80 minutes, five each way, and, and just play that full 10 minutes. And, and what if it's still a draw? Then it's a draw. Then why bother having five each way? Just you've got eighty minutes well, to work it out if you can't, and it's a draw, it's a draw. Well that's the other argument people would <laughs> have to why, why are you gonna play ninety? You've got eighty. Yeah. I, I reckon no draw. I hate draws. Winner or loser. Okay. To the death. Just do you can't stand. <laughs> <laughs> then we've got the player off. welfare yeah. argument. Oh yeah. <laughs> you gotta play four days later. <laughs> okay, don't play. Uh, uh, Adam P. Gilly's written this story in the back page of the Herald about Jerome Luai. Deal took toll, but I won't let Panthers down. Luai uh, saying that, you know, obviously it took a huge toll on him. It was a big decision, the biggest decision he's had to make. Jerome, it's great to be wanted. Let me tell you. My last forever. <laughs> I'm sure it was a big decision. But when you go to the Tigers and that beautiful dollars come in, you've got a new challenge. I know it's a big decision. Difficult to leave your teammates. But it's always great to be wanted. Well, he's, yeah. 
<laughs> he's made it clear his reasons. Mm. Um, I, I just think, yeah, I, I, you don't know what you don't know, right? As uh, all of us, but until you're in that position, I, I think mm. you can. You've he's got a he would have a rough idea that the rules of engagement are are about to change when he changes clubs, puts on that Tigers jersey. There's going to be a lot more expectation. Um, there's going to be a lot more pressure when you paid that amount of money and it's made public as well, then there's things that come with that. So, yeah, I, I think for him now, he, he's just got to keep playing the best footy he can and then he's got to find a way to not allow all the distractions to get to him when he gets to the Tigers. But it is what it is. It's mm. the, best, the best players in, in their sport, this is what makes them the best because they can... They can deal with all the distractions. They can leave the off-field stuff off the field, and once you walk on, you you got to be at the top of your game. And in rugby league, as Loz knows better than anyone, you've got to do it week in, week out. I reckon that is going to be – he's going to be stared at. Every single game he plays for the Tigers, his performance is going to be judged. But yeah, He wants to be business. the dominant leader that's in exactly a footy right. team. Yeah. That, that's what he is after. He wants to be the number one. He wants to make well, a difference. He's got it now. And he's got that when he goes to the yep. West Tigers. Mm. And at Penrith, he's sitting there behind Nathan Cleary. Uh, and he's, if he's smart, he'll be learning about what Nathan yeah. is doing and what makes him so successful as a leader and then incorporate some of that into his game. Um, but the big question will be whether he can do that. Yeah, What type of... Dominant number seven will he be? Um, but it's an exciting challenge, one that he wanted. Yes, he's going to get very well paid for it. He's made a big decision to lead Penrith, where you know that they're set up to have success for a long period of time, going to the West Tigers, who, under a new coach, um, plenty of optimism, and they'll be dreaming moving forward. But, you know, see how much of a difference he can make, because the pressure will be on as soon as he walks through those doors. Yeah. Last roll of the dice, headline back page of the Career Mail, injured Bronco faces fitness test to book Vegas tick, and that's in regards to Brendan Piercura, who uh, suffered that knee injury in the trial against the Cowboys last weekend. So he's got to pass a fitness test to uh, make that trip for round one against the Roosters. Gee, I'll tell you what, it's a pretty hectic story on the back page of the, well, the Herald Sun and the Australian Demon accused of drug trafficking is the headline here. Big AFL story to break yesterday afternoon slash evening. Melbourne player Joel Smith, uh, so Sport Integrity Australia, have accused him of peddling cocaine. The 27-year-old tested positive on a uh, game day late last season. His representatives are yet to comment, but uh, he's facing multiple years suspensions, possibly worse if these allegations are proven. So that's a big story in regards to the Melbourne Football Club and their player, Joel Smith. Uh, the Giants and the Swans, by the way, they've got a practice match tomorrow at Moore Park, 10 a.m. GWS captain Toby Green, he won't be there. His wife is due to give birth to their first. And goodness me, he was sublime last year. 66 goals, All-Australian captain. Probably, as they head into round one this year, the best player in the game, Loss. Is that over the top to say? Toby Green, best player in the AFL right now. Oh, he'd be in the argument. Young Dacos is pretty good. Yeah. Um, but just Green with his ability to kick goals as well as play in the midfield. Yeah. Oh, you could make a case. You could make a case for Toby Green. I'd hate to say who the best player is. Mm. Um, we're splitting hairs when you get... Up to that level, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think um, Dacos 
if he stayed fit, he would have won that Brownlow and won it really well. I, I think he was the standout player yeah. last year before injury. Before it did, injury. It did cost him, didn't it? He yeah. would have won the Brownlow. Yeah. Mm. But Toby Green, geez, certainly in the top three. Mm. And you could make a case for him being the best, in it's my opinion. Dick Fane is coming up shortly. We're going stateside. Now, later this morning, we've got the International Rugby League chairman, Troy Grant, is joining us. And he's going to tell us about how Loz is going to save International Rugby League. Mm. Because uh, the news overnight and this morning is that the Great Hill Daily has been appointed to the board of the International Rugby League. So anyone Ready has any changes, complaints? <laughs> <laughs> oh, We're going nuclear, boys. Oh. You're going to shake it up? <laughs> shake it up. <laughs> A bit of Tay-Tay. Every country. I'll what are you playing going rugby for? league in countries you've never heard of. Right. What are you going for? We playing, we're going to get more Aussie games? Taking game to the world. That's it. Where are we going to fit all the games? <laughs> yeah, gonna, right, scheduling will be an issue. That's it. I'm an ideas man. That's what they brought me so, on for. So passionate about Origin. <laughs> he's, he's about to can Origin for more international. Yep. yep. We're going to go to India. Cricket, be careful. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, don't worry about going oh. to more places. Let's just see some more. Let's just see some players. Mate, 100%. That's it. Well, you're going to America. Why, NRL's going to America. Why wouldn't you go to India? Mate. China? Most definitely. Most definitely. No, it, it, no it's um, looking forward to it, actually, Mitter. Yeah, good. Um, Is there room for more internationals? Oh, not during the year, no. It's, mm. it's always difficult where the best placement of games Mm. is, mm. and obviously with the NRL being such a wonderful product, um, you know, you've got Origin in the middle of the year. It's hard to place test matches there. Mm. So the schedule for test matches is at the end of the season. So it's pl- found a home there now. Um, so I, I, I think that that's where they'll be, uh, you know, for, for in the short term at least. But, yeah, no, it's, it's good. When we've seen the rise of um, some of the international nations, you know, the Tongas, Samoas and PNGs, yep. just capitalising on that, but also hopefully growing the game in other areas. So, yeah, it's exciting. And I'm sure there's a big future for international football. And while you've got the players that want to play in it and you've got players putting their hand up to play for their nations, I think it's a great thing. All right, let's go to congratulations, by the way, Loss. Not to you. Yeah, in all honesty, yeah, thank you. Yeah. And coming up, we go. I love your sincerity. <laughs> I know you, you'll change the world. I know that. Yeah. How are you, Dick? Doing well, boys. How are we today? Very well, thank you. Uh, now, in fact, we'll go, go to the most recent news, just to ESPN on in our studio here, and we see that the new college football playoff rules have been, or, or how the playoff is going to work, uh, has been announced over there. So this 12-team playoff to come in next season, Tell us about it. How's it going to work? So originally, um, you had a situation where you had five power conferences, and then the they wanted an opportunity for one of the smaller conferences to get an automatic bid. So they were going to have six automatic bids and six at-large teams. So a you know a panel, a committee would choose uh, which six at-large teams would fill out the twelve-team playoff. But the Pac-12 has basically collapsed in front of our eyes over the last six months. We've talked about that a little bit uh, on the air. So so power teams like my Washington Huskies, Oregon, 
UCLA, USC are all going to the Big Ten. Stanford and Cal are going to the Atlantic Coast Conference. You've got the four corner schools, uh, Utah and Colorado and Arizona, Arizona State going to the Big 12. So that leaves only two teams in the Pac-12. Well, you can't give an automatic bid to a playoff to a conference that has two teams. So what they have done now is they've said now the, the Power Five has become a Power Four. So the four major conferences will get their conference champion automatically into the tournament. And then they will have a, a small conference be the, the fifth bid. And now you'll have seven at large. So they've gone from six automatics, six at larges to five automatics and seven at larges. So it's amazing that we've had a change before we've even had one of these college football playoffs. Right, let's get to the all-star game. That was the greatest <laughs> joke, farce, and everything in between. I tried to watch it for about four minutes the oh. other day, Dick. Uh, what is the point? Just get rid of it. Seriously. It was it was amazing, guys. I, I recorded it. Uh, I was out uh, actually playing golf in the afternoon and early evening, and so I, I recorded both the golf and the and the All-Star game. So I watched the end of the golf, and I said, you know, let's sit down and watch the All-Star game with my son. He was excited to watch it. And like you, I don't even know if we got through four minutes. Yeah. Uh, we just was like, this was – this the deterioration of the All-Star game has been fast and furious over the last five to ten years. Now – it's always been really for 20 years or so where a good majority of the game is played at about three quarters speed. And then they really amp it up in the last three or four minutes of the game. And they really try to play to win. And so after watching four or five minutes, I said, all right, let's just fast forward to the end. This is good. This will definitely get better in the last five minutes of the game because they're playing to win. Well, we got fast forward to the last five minutes of the game and they were playing just as slowly. Heck, Luka Doncic was walking up and down the court. He wasn't even trying to run. He wasn't even trying to jog. He was walking up and down the court. And you're right. Something has to has to happen. There's a lot of creative ideas. I don't think we need to get rid of All-Star Weekend altogether because there were some cool moments in All-Star Weekend. I thought Steph against Sabrina in the three-point shootout was fabulous. And I think you can build upon that and do more WNBA versus NBA type skills and shooting competitions. So I think that sold to the fans. Um, the, the slam dunk competition probably died about five to ten years ago. I don't think it really needs to be uh, resurrected. But there's other things you can do. And, and I think a corp- incorporating the WNBA with the NBA in All-Star Weekend more with the popularity of women's basketball here in the United States growing great, rapidly great. over the last three to five years, I think that uh, that will help sell. But believe it or not, the ratings were actually up 5% from last year. I don't know how, but they were. Is it just the players that don't really want to compete in it, Dick, or are the clubs – or the franchise is putting sort of pressure on the players to not go out there and sort of give it their all in case of injury. I think the players just want to show up and have a vacation. Uh, and, and I think they're going out late at night. It's so it's, it's, it's a break in a long, tedious NBA schedule. And we've talked about this for years and years, how I think that the NBA schedule is far too long. It's far too grueling. If you want these guys really competing, you got to shorten it up. But the problem is you shorten up games you limit revenue. You limit TV revenue. You limit you limit uh, attendance revenue that that the owners would get, and so they don't want that. I think these these guys just see it as a vacation, and there's not enough incentive to win the game and play hard. So you need to provide some sort of incentive to play hard. I mean, whether it's a monetary incentive or what have you, 
that has to happen because the incentive has completely obviously been been lost. Whatever incentive they have, it's not big enough to get these guys to play hard, which is unfortunate. I see the Brooklyn Nets are looking for a new coach. Yeah, they have uh, the interim head coach now. I think Kevin Ollie got the got the job there, and uh, you know that the Nets the Nets have probably been as disappointing a franchise as any over the last five years, guys, just because they've actually tried to go for it. They've been one of the few teams that have tried to go for it and really haven't don't have anything to show for their investment. And maybe they went about it the wrong way, collected the wrong type of talent, but uh, they've been a, they've been a big time disappointment in the NBA. I mean, I, I think Philadelphia is probably a close second, but at least Philadelphia has advanced a little further in the playoffs more consistently than Brooklyn has. <laughs> When your highest played player is Ben Simmons and he's averaging six point eight points a game, that's some <laughs> thirty eight million yeah. his salary. It's unbelievable. US. It's unbelievable. Some talk that he, that's why he got sacked because he moulded the game plan around Simmons, oh. yeah. and it didn't work. Well, it's not that's working. a risk, isn't it? <laughs> Big risk. <laughs> Big risk. Uh, okay, uh, so NFL, we've got a lot of text here uh, in regards to the off season. Uh, hi, Dick. I'm hearing Justin Fields to the Steelers. What's the mail with the Bears? Ah, uh, Sven at Greenpoint. Uh, a lot of people here texting in about what the Bears are going to do with the number one draft pick. Uh, we've got a, several of them, in fact. So it's the big talking point, isn't it, heading towards the draft, is what Chicago will do. Surely there's only one answer, though, here, Dick. Yeah, I mean, Justin Fields... Uh... I don't know if he'll go to Pittsburgh. It sounds like there was a report out of Pittsburgh yesterday. It sounds like they want to stay in house with a quarterback that they have or potentially draft another quarterback. I would think that Justin Fields has reasonable trade value Uh, by reasonable. I mean, maybe a second round pick. Maybe you're able to swap first round picks where you can move up. Um, Chicago's got a lot of ammunition and there's a lot of ways they can go about uh, using that ammunition. I really think Chicago's a team on the rise. I'm not out completely on Justin Fields yet. I think he's been put in a bad situation. Um, when we talk about quarterbacks that get slid into very good situations and how they can prosper over their first few years, and you get quarterbacks that are put into bad offensive situations, I think Justin Fields is one of those. I want to see Justin Fields go to a team with a, a big-time offensive head coach that knows how to develop quarterbacks because he is a phenomenal athlete. He is a top five running quarterback of all time. He has a year with 1,100 rushing yards. I mean, that is excellent for a running back, let alone a quarterback. He's not at the level of Mar Jackson. He's not at the level of Michael Vick, but he's at that next level. And so that, I think, can play someplace. You just have to find the right fit for him. Can, you know, with quarterbacks, Dick, can you two quarterbacks – on your roster, completely different styles. So you, can you can you carry a like a passing quarterback and then have that running quarterback and throw interchange them sort of during games, or is that just yeah? We not looked upon? we saw that. I think the best example of that over the last few years was what the Saints did with Drew Brees and Taysom Hill, uh, whereas Drew Brees played you know eighty to eighty five percent of the snaps. And anytime you got into a, a third and one, a fourth and one, a fourth and goal situation, they'd bring in Taysom Hill, who was much bigger and stronger, and that running type quarterback. Not he wasn't elusive and and fast like Justin Fields, but he's just a big bruiser. And they'd get him in in a, in a power situation or a or a shotgun where he'd just take the snap and he'd just run straight up the middle, and and it was very effective for New Orleans. So I think it can be used in certain situations. 
Over in the AFC West, well, obviously Kansas City reigns supreme and you've got the Chargers who now have Jim Harbour. What about the Las Vegas Raiders? Uh, I see quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo has been given a ban as well, but what does his future look like there at the Raiders? Yeah, I don't think his future's there at all with the Raiders. And the question is, who wants to pick up Jimmy Garoppolo now with being uh, being suspended for the first couple of games? I, I, I think Jimmy Garoppolo's uh, era as a starting quarterback is probably over. Um, he got away from Kyle Shanahan at San Francisco where he was successful. He went to a place and we saw kind of the real Jimmy Garoppolo and what he looks like without Kyle Shanahan. It doesn't look at all uh, what it looks like in San Francisco. I mean, that's kind of one of my hesitations with Brock Purdy. I'm like, I think Brock Purdy's better than Jimmy Gar- Garoppolo, but would Brock Purdy look similar to Jimmy Garoppolo if he went to the Las Vegas Raiders instead of staying with Shanahan? But I think Garoppolo at this point is probably a backup or a guy fighting for a starting quarterback with somebody else. I don't know why any team would just say, hey, we're bringing you in, Jimmy. We're paying you thirty-plus million dollars a year and making you our starter. I just don't think uh, I don't think that's a smart move. And what about your home team there at the Seahawks in Seattle in the NFC West? Is Geno Smith still QB one heading towards next season? He's still QB one for the moment. Um, he secured a twelve million dollar guarantee by staying on the roster. Um, for five days after the end of the season when the new calendar year starts for the NFL. So they they will pay him at least half of what he's owed. Now, the other half, he needs to be on the roster. I believe it's March 5th is is the date that he gets paid basically the other half of his salary. So if something's going to be done with Geno Smith, a trade, a release, uh, it would happen in the next three weeks. I would still bet that Geno Smith is the starting quarterback, but... I'm not as certain of it now as I was had Pete Carroll stayed. I think Pete Carroll is very, was very secure with Geno Smith. I think you have a completely new regime in Seattle now. Complete, a new offensive coordinator, new head coach, new defensive coordinator. So when things like that happen, you know that in all sports, right? When you have a completely new regime come in, then the, the incumbents – have got to be looking over their shoulder a little bit more than they were before. Just on that, then, Dick, you, you spoke about Pete Carroll. And um, a guy like Bill Belichick has had great success at uh, the Patriots. Were, were those two guys, can you see them being head coaches again? Boy, it would have to be it would have to be the, uh, the, the right fit for both. And I think both would want a lot of say in the personnel. They would not want to just be the head coach and answer to a general manager because they have both basically been general managers before. I mean, Pete was the last word in Seattle, both on the field and off the field. Bill Belichick was the last word. Bill Belichick got final say on everything in New England. Pete Carroll got final say on everything in Seattle. Is a team willing to give all of that power to two guys in their 70s as great as they have been? I don't I don't know the answer to that question. Pete's going to Pete and Bill are both going to uh, be kind of uh, advisors to my Washington Huskies because uh, the Washington hired Pete's son and Bill's son to run the offense and defense on this uh, on this football team. How about that? <laughs> That's going to go down well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who gets final say there? Yeah. <laughs> Scissors, paper, rock. Now, in the Genesis, in the golf the other day, what about if you shoot 62 in a final round, <laughs> nine under, you probably deserve to win the title, and Hideki Matsuyama 
absolutely superb there the other day, Dick. No question about it. And you, you talk about these long shots winning all these uh, all these tournaments. It, it, it was 100 to 1 or greater winning every single tournament up to this point. But Hideki, from where he came from, you could have gotten him at plus 100 to 1 odds as well because he was so far behind and on Sunday. So I guess technically uh, the, the streak ended, but uh, you still could have gotten 100 to 1 or, or 125 to 1 had you bet Hideki early on Sunday. So a tremendous performance by Hideki. And when he gets the putter going, guys, he is as good as any player in the world. I mean, he's a master's champ, for goodness sakes. And there are certain courses that he just fits. He fits this one. He obviously fits Augusta. But you never really know when the putter's going to come for Hideki. It really only comes about once every, you know, 10 tournaments or so. And the same thing goes for Scotty Scheffler. Very similar player. Elite ball striker. He gets on the greens and really struggles with any putts, really, of any length at all. And Hideki had that putter going. And uh, when he does, he, he is as good as anybody in the world. Now, about fifteen to 20,000 Australians are set to converge on Las Vegas in the next week or so with uh, oh our great mate Laurie Daly being one of them. Uh, <laughs> is, is there any blip on the radar there in the States as far as any sort of awareness that the NRL's in town? Yeah, I have seen uh, Fox promos uh, about okay. it on Big Fox. So uh, that, and, and I think I would imagine those will ramp up over the next uh, week to 10 days. But I will keep an eye. This, this would probably be the week where I, I'm going to see. I watch a lot of Fox Sports, so this will be uh, the, the week when they start to ramp it up. So I'll probably have a better idea about that for you when, uh, when we talk next week. What do you think most Americans, Americans if they see it, will think of it, Dick? Well, I can't. I can just imagine that they'll think uh, similarly to what I thought. I, I, I just was. I was astounded and impressed by the level of physicality that these guys play with. The, the just the the reckless abandon, and you know we. Th- some of that has been missing from the NFL uh, since the you know the CTE incidents and and you know trying to make the NFL game. Uh, safer, which they have done, and they've the NFL is just as popular as ever, more popular than ever. But it's a different game than it was, and I think NRL is much more like the NFL like 40 years ago, 50 years ago, where it was just you're just decapitating people. I mean, and there's still just this reckless abandon that these guys play with, and they're tremendous athletes, and uh, that's why I like watching it, because I really don't think there's anything in the States that approximates uh, approximates that level of physicality anymore with the changes in the NFL. Thanks again, mate. We'll chat next week. All right, boys. We'll see you. 1353.53 is the number. Give us a call. 0419 uh, just uh, at the moment, Manchester City and Brentford is scoreless in the Premier League. Only five minutes into that match this morning. And we've got some Champions League round of 16 going on as well. Uh, kicking off at about 20, just over 20 minutes time. Inter up against Atletico Madrid with Tab Inter $1.62. Atletico $5.00. The draw $3.80 for that opening leg in uh, Milan. And PSV at home at $2 against Borussia Dortmund, $3.20. The draw is $3.80 for that one. Tomorrow, it's Porto and Arsenal and Napoli and Barcelona uh, as well. Last night in the A-League, dramatic victory for Melbourne victory. 
Their captain, Damien De Silva, scored late. In fact, he scored both goals in stoppage time. They went into stoppage time 1-0 down against Western United. And victory ended up winning that match 2-1 there uh, last night. Just some more football news as well. PSG and French superstar Kylian Mbappe has agreed to join at Real Madrid for next season. Uh, some Liverpool news as well. Manager Jurgen Klopp says that forward Diogo Jota will be out for months due to the knee injury that he suffered against Brentford in the Premier League last weekend. And Liverpool are hosting Luton in the Premier League tomorrow. Uh, Adam Pengilly coming up shortly over there in Manchester ahead of the World Club Challenge this weekend. Uh, just some supercars news as well. Well, the season starts this weekend with the Bathurst 500. Of course, a strange start considering there'll be no Shane Van Gisbergen, who's over, obviously, in the States now. And out of the categories, he competes in NASCAR, where, by the way, he finished 12th in an incident-packed day for him at Daytona uh, yesterday over there in NASCAR, did SVG. Brody Kostecki, of course, not racing this weekend as well with that fallout with his Erebus team still ongoing. Do we know what the fallout was about? Not really. No. It's all been very mm. quiet on the not, reasons why. Not good for supercars to not have the defending champ. Yeah. Well, well, especially like, when, especially lost... when he hasn't gone anywhere. Yeah, like, the other drivers have said that yeah, as well. Yeah. But you've also lost Van Gisbergen. Mm. And oh, his name alludes me from a couple of years ago. McLaughlin. McLaughlin. Um, so... A couple of superstars missing, mm. and then all of a sudden to have the winner not there this year. Not great, takes away it? a bit of the gloss, doesn't it? Well, the administration has reportedly spent seven figures to sort the parity issues out between the Mustang and the Camaro, and they're adamant there will be no question mark about parity this season. So they've spent a fortune... Uh, gone over there uh, to North Carolina in the States and done all sorts of testing. So they're adamant that the parity is sorted between the Mustang and the Camaro heading into this season. And the market with Tab for race one there on Saturday, Will Brown, who's now gone to Triple Eight, he's the $4 favourite for race one from Brock Feeney at $4.50. And then you have the Fords of Mostert at $5 and Cam Waters at $6.00. So that's a pretty open market then for round one of supercars getting underway at Bathurst this weekend. Uh, Pengilly, as I mentioned, coming up shortly. Uh, just to, speaking to my AFL earlier, I'll tell you the other interesting story for this year, fellas. Uh, Damien Hardwick at the Gold Coast Suns. Mm. Uh, the Hardwick era begins. The coach adamant they're not developing anymore. Finals is the expectation. And you've got to take that seriously. They've never played finals in, what, 14 mm. years now they've been in the competition. Yeah, but I, I reckon the last couple of years they've, they've, been they've had the roster to at least play a final, at least play one finals game. Uh, and they haven't quite got there. Um, and some of these young guys that they recruited out of their academy, uh, they're impressing in pre-season. You know, the noises coming out of there are quite strong about them. So... I would expect them to play finals footy. I looked at a two seventy five to make the eight. I think it's you, you, well, you've really got to trust year. hard. You've you got to put your faith in Hardwick. Yeah, yeah, I, I would. I, I think that's a bet. Two seventy five. They've got some really good players, mm. and I reckon they've been building nicely over the last couple of years, and they've targeted Hardwick obviously because they believe that they have underachieved. And that's the reason why they 
I suppose, got rid of Stuart Jew. You know, they thought that they had a roster there that was good enough to play finals, and they've had some excuses because they've had a few injuries, but I reckon Damien Hardwick saw this team and list and thought, you know what, they're at a good age. We've got some good young players that have had one or two years in our system. We've got others that are joining the, the club through our academy that um, are highly regarded. Then you've got some of the experienced players that are coming into their best you know, peak of their careers, so to speak. So the roster is in great shape. There's no reason why they can't play finals. They're on the 11th line of betting to win the premiership at $34. So you're banking certainly on uh, some teams falling out if you want to back the Gold Coast Suns to get into that top eight. Uh, $2.75 in their first year under Damien Hardwick with Tab to make the finals this year. Uh, just ahead of this World Club Challenge as well, Curly and Mackay makes a point here on the text line. Uh, morning, boys. Round one, English Super League. Four send-offs, heaps of sin bins, anything above the shoulders. Will NRL follow? Well, I know over there from next year in the Super League, in the Super League, any tackling, well, they're, they're adopting the, the tackling from what the armpits and below, basically. Yeah. Anything above that will be penalised. I think so, these games, though, are refereed international rules. So it's not NRL or English Super League rules because there are differences. So they refereed this game like an international game. Okay. Um, because but I'm, I'm unsure be of whether, Yeah, I'm unsure of whether it'll be an English referee or... An Australian referee, I, I don't know that, but I'm pretty confident that the rules in the World Club Challenge is under the international rules rather than the NRL or Super League rules because they do have different variances. Because apparently so, Penrith so will, gray, isn't it? will seek oh. clarification yeah. because I'm sure they were watching what went on over there around one. You'd think it'd be a referee from over there. I, I doubt they'd fly anyone from, from this side of the fence, Laws. Well, they're flying them to America. Around oh, one. yes, yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. And this is a prestigious game, so mm-hmm. they, they might um, send an Australian referee. I, I, I'm unsure. How do the players see this game, Loz? Is, is, it, is it still prestigious, like yeah, you yeah. said? Is, is they still... Oh, like, I can only go back on my, when we played it. Mm. Yes, it would have been good to win. No, no denying that. Um, but I only played him one. And we played, I think... Might have been a week and a half after grand final. So for us, winning the first grand final, yeah. we went over there. Once once we got there... Yeah, you walk out after of the field, three, you yeah, want to yeah, win. You want but, win. Yeah. but the preparation leading into it wasn't wasn't our best. What are the, how Penrith, do the Panthers oh, see yeah, this as yeah, game think, one of their season? Yeah, I reckon they will because the fact that they got beaten last year and they would have been embarrassed getting beaten mm. at home. Yeah, okay. And I, I reckon they didn't understand the not the importance of the trophy but just how much it meant to the opposition and what they were prepared to do to win. And I think Penrith sort of underestimated them, thinking they would just roll into the game and everything would be rosy. But being stung, hurt by the criticism, they haven't got this trophy. I think they'll go over there with a pretty determined outlook on what they want to do. And they fly straight from there to Vegas, don't they? No. No, they're not. Oh, they're home there. Yeah, Yeah. sorry, they are too. Uh, and I see Liam Moore has been appointed as referee, and he's done the last three Super League grand finals over there right. and, and yeah, a couple okay. of Challenge yep. Cup so finals as well. Yep. And you are spot on, Loz. The match will be played under international rules. Is that right? Rules. Yeah, I, th- I think that's right. Yeah. Yep. Because it's hard because mm. they, they, there are different rules in their mm. competition compared to the NRL. Yeah. yeah.
Adam Pengilly, live from Manchester. How are you, Adam? Morning, Meadow. Morning, boys. And uh, just listening to your conversation a few moments ago, um, it will be international rules. And Ivan Cleary just did a press conference about, oh, only about an hour ago now. I'm actually I'm actually standing in the tunnel of the DW Stadium right now. He did the press conference over here at Wigan, and he, he did get clarification about those rules. But he, he did mention one thing, boy, saying that the, the six again um, will still be in play, but the, but the penalty, penalty will be given inside your own, your own 40. So that will be the slight difference to the international rules. Um, but everything else will be as, as per usual under the international game. Adam, Loz just mentioned the, the Penrith attitude after last year. How's, how have they been over there and what's their prep been like? Yeah, they want to win, Clarkie. I yeah, think okay. um, what you guys said um, rings true for last year. I, I wouldn't say they were complacent last year, but I don't think they realised the importance that St. Helens placed on, St. Helens, um, placed on the game last year and, and how they came down to win. And, and this game, culturally, Clarkie, means a hell of a lot to, to English Rugby League. Yeah. Like, it's their, it's their chance for them to stand up and, and take on the best in the world, which is traditionally the NRL premiers, and prove to everyone that they can be, you know, among the best in the world. And we're going to come into this game, you know, under no illusions how much of a, a tough task it's going to be. They've got a, a number of players that, you know, Rugby League fans in Australia who will be familiar a couple of guys that have played in the NRL in the past. Uh, Bevan French is obviously their, their star player and the reigning man of steel. We've got Jay Field at, at fullback, who's, who's been a sensation since coming over here. A couple of other sort of hard-edged forwards in Kate Ellis and, and Mike Cooper. It's been a couple of years at the Dragons. So there's a sprinkling of NRL talent there. But clearly, you know, man for man on paper, you think Penrith should have them covered. Did Penrith get what they wanted out of that training session against Warrington? And did you get a chance to talk to Sam Burgess and how he's finding the head coaching position over there? Yeah, just had a quick conversation with him, Loz, um, as we sort of were leaving the ground this morning over at Hallowell Jones Stadium at Warrington. He, he said he's enjoying it. He's, he, he's really liking what he's, what he's doing so far. He's working with, obviously, a, a different group of guys. Again, he's got some players with some NRL experience in that squad. They've got Matt Dufty and I saw Paul Vaughan on the pitch today there as well. And um, Lachlan Fitzgibbon too is a, a new recruit for Warrington as well this year from Newcastle. But he said he's really enjoying coaching his own team and, and, and winning the, I suppose, the trade of, of running your own team. So he's, he's enjoying that. And as for the session this morning, um, Ivan Clear is quite happy what they got out of it. It was pretty intense. Like they didn't hold back for for a good twenty minutes or so there, and, and both teams did, did a fair bit of work and in that opposed session. The, the bit of news that come out of it from a from a team point of view for Penrith laws is that Jack Cole will definitely start at five eight uh, alongside Nathan Cleary in the half. So Ivan Cleary's confirmed that he's not going to go with Dane Laurie or, or Brad Schneider with Jerome Luai. Obviously, still trying to nurse that shoulder. So the young boy from Orange, only twenty years old, um, will get his chance to to make his um. Well, he's made his NRL debut a couple of years ago, but played second game for Penrith in the top grade. But there is some concern over Scott Sorensen. Um, I think at this stage, he's probably struggling to be fit for the World Club Challenge. He's battling a bit of a leg injury. And Liam Henry, the young prop, who's battling a bit of illness, but he should be right to go on the weekend. And you've spoken extensively with Jerome Luai on the back pages of the Herald today. And uh, he, you know, just talking about how that weighed on him, that decision, naturally, to go to the Tigers. Yeah, he seems a bit of a different person, Meadow, to be fair, um, over here. Obviously, that, that contract saga that dragged on for many, many months last year before he made the decision to go to the Tigers is finally behind him. Um, he just says he doesn't want to let anyone down at Penrith this year. He knows there's going to be a lot of focus on his position and his performance, and now that's behind him, um, 
you know, that's that's what he wants to concentrate on. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to, to see it yet. Penrith have, have done a documentary. It's a fantastic documentary they've done um, during last year's final series. And Jerome features pretty prominently in this next episode. It's going to be released on on Friday on, on 9 now. And I've had a bit of a sneak peek. And it just tries to show a bit of a different side to Jerome. And Ivan Cleary's come out saying, listen, I just hope that people can start seeing who the real Jerome Luai is. Uh, we know he's always going to have the on-field antics and he's got his social media game, but my personal dealings with Jerome Luai is he's, he's a great guy to talk to, fantastic guy. He's not everyone's cup of tea. I understand that, but there is a different side to Jerome Luai that a lot of people don't get to see. What, what was posted on, on his social media the other day, Adam, and then taken uh, down? Clarky, I, listen, I, I don't know the full story, but yeah, there, was, okay. there was something that, that came out of a video of him maybe being sick or vomiting after being at a party or something like that. It was posted by another person. Certainly the information that I have is that Jerome has told the club, listen, it's, it's ridiculous. It's a video that was potentially years old. Um, yeah. It's not something that's current or new or recent or anything like that. So don't get me started on this stuff, sort of make his way into the media. So someone's filmed him doing that and posted it. Yeah, Good. Oh, a long yeah. time after. Yeah, your, your favourite is that happened a long time to. ago. <laughs> Uh, don't get me started, Lois. Don't yeah. get me started. Uh, have you found those tickets for the United game this week? Do you want to go uh, watch working average? on it, Mido. Yeah. Getting very close. Getting very close. So, um, who are, you, who are they playing? Fulham. Fulham. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So working on that, Mido, and mm. your beloved Liverpool in action tomorrow night. So Yeah, we've lost Jota, uh, though, probably for the rest of the season. So, Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, uh, well, well, Klopp said he'll be out for months. Wow, okay. That's mm. not good news when you're trying to win the no, title. No, um, now, before I go, Mido, just quickly, I, I, I know on this program I've had a long-running joke with Clarkie about being approached to go on the West Tigers board and everything like that. And I, I, pick, I pick up the paper this morning, and guess what? Someone else has snuck onto a board. Yeah, snuck onto a board. As I texted him yesterday, I said, you're on more boards than Alan Bond. <laughs> Oh, and and he on, says boy? he's going to change. He's changing the world. He's going to shake things up. Yeah, shake things up, mate. <laughs> We're going to India, apparently. That's where the money is. It's your headline. <laughs> We're well, taking on cricket. You, <laughs> I would have thought in your newfound role as an international rugby league aficionado, maybe you can do the, the old late dash to the World Club Challenge and across to Vegas, and then you, you could be Eddie everywhere. Oh, I never thought of that. That's not a bad idea. Why not? <laughs> Keeping an eye on things, <laughs> eh? International rugby league. That sounds like travel. That sounds like chunk it. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right, mate. We'll okay. check in tomorrow. Thanks, boys. Chat tomorrow. Well, by popular demand, we're going to preview the Newcastle night season for 2024. We've had a couple of people text in the last couple of days asking for Loz's opinion on the Knights this season. And just looking at them from season 2023, well, they finished fifth, 14 wins, nine losses, one draw, winning 10 straight, including that 30 to 28 win in the elimination final against the Canberra Raiders at home. They went across the ditch and played the Warriors in the second week of the finals and ran out of puff. They lost 40 to 10. And uh, now their gains and losses, so they've uh, gained the likes of. Well, these two players from over in the UK, Will Price and Kai Pearce-Paul. Uh, they've got Jack Cogger and Tom Jenkins from Penrith, Jed Cartwright from Souths. They've lost Kurt Mann to Canterbury. Adam Clune's gone over to the Super League. Dominic Young's a big loss uh, going to the Roosters, of course. Lachlan Fitzgibbon's gone to the Super League. 
Uh, Lockie Miller over to the Super League as well. Uh, now, their odds with Tab to win the Premiership, Newcastle, $26. So they're well down on uh, the 12th line of betting, in fact. $12 to make the grand final, $26 to win the minor Premiership, $4.50 top four, $2.10 to make the eight, and $1.65 to miss the eight. So the market's certainly against them, despite what they achieved last season, Loz, when they were just <laughs> unbelievable considering where they were in, well, I think it was June, June, July. They were 14th on the ladder and battling. And it looked like the coach was just about gone. Well, it's now amazing. Go on a winning streak and he's been re-signed. It's, it's amazing, <laughs> you know. Caelan Ponga, his back end of the season was oh. unbelievable. And and you, you're right. I mean, after 15 rounds last year, and, and they'd had two buys in, in that time. But after 15 rounds, they'd only had five wins, Newcastle. And then they went on this run at the end of the year. I think they won nine of their last 13. And then they won the first week of the finals. And if I said to you, round two in the season was a turning point for Newcastle, what would you say? Uh, how? Round two. Round two. I'll, t- I'll tell you why. Caelan. Caelan got knocked out. Mm. And Caelan was playing 5-8. And he then was out of the game, went over to Canada, we're unsure of his future. And then he got himself healthy and he came back and he moved back to fullback. And once he moved back to fullback, I don't know why, and we didn't get a great sample of him as a 5'8 either, by the way, but he felt obviously more comfortable. And I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden he just got confidence and momentum, and he was unstoppable. And when he's got the football in his hands, he just glides across the paddock. He's got great ex- ex- acceleration, and he gets uh, he puts pressure on defenders, both on inside and outside shoulders. He's got great hands. He p- puts people into holes. Um, and the other thing about it, he, he cops some knocks towards the end of the year, mm. and he got up yeah. and continued to play. And I think everyone's... You know, side with great relief to, to see him play through those tough periods and his performances were exceptional and if he can repeat that there's no doubt that Newcastle will play finals off the back of that wins it, a dally M well, it was it's similar as good a to Turbo you've seen. Yeah. yeah they just went on yeah. a streak and they were they were on top of their game and it was like they were expecting it to do it every week um, they've got a great forward pack you know, you've got Saifidi brothers. You've got uh, Tyson Frizzell. Leo Thompson had a standout season. Uh, Hetherington. Um, Adam Elliott. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're powerful. Um, and the other thing that Newcastle did last year, they looked as though they, they were united. And, and, and there was no factions. That They looked like they were all behind the coach. The playing group all wanted to play well. They played for one another. Something that Newcastle have always prided themselves on, doing the little things right and be the player you want to play with. And they got back to that grassroots DNA. And I, and I think for me, that was one of the reasons why they, they did well. Um, big talking points coming into the season. Will who, who will the halves be? You know, mm. you've recruited Cogger from um, Penrith and they've got Hastings and Gamble did such a wonderful job there last year. I would say Cogger and Hastings possibly to start with and Gamble looks as though he's a better bench player but I think they've gone with 
gamble on Hastings this weekend with Cogger on the bench. So that could be an indication as well that he's going to reward those two for leading the Knights into the finals last year. But Are they top got, four? I don't think they're top four, but there's no reason why they shouldn't be playing finals this year. Okay. Mm. You know, they're, they're a very, very good side. Do I see them winning a comp? No. Um, but I reckon they'll have this... You know, they can start the season better, obviously. You'd think they're going to win more games. But the key will be Caelan. If, if Caelan stays on the paddock... Mate, you just don't know what you're going to get. And he's coming into the the prime of his career. Mm. But there'll be more pressure and focus on him. Mm. So defensively, opposition teams will be looking where Kalen is. And, and having said that, they, you know, they always know where he is. Yeah. He likes to play down that left edge, but you've still got to try and stop him. I'm sure there was a period there as well where Bradman Best also looks like he's he, he could have been possibly well, I think they on were the shopping outer. him around. <laughs> then he gets, then he gets picked origin. in origin out of the blue and then brained it in origin. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, his confidence rose. And he was one of the most destructive mm. centres in the game. So, look, they've got the ingredients of a very, very good footy team. Mm. And the thing I like about the Knights is that they were all on the same hymn sheet last year. They were, towards the back end of the year, they were all playing... Like they were together, they were enjoying their football, they were hungry for success. And you know what they wanted to do? They wanted to reward the fans because the fans have been through some pain. They continually turned up, they packed out that stadium, and that was great to see because yeah. it's a real stronghold for rugby league. And we need Newcastle mm. to be strong. And you know better than most. It was a nightmare road trip, wasn't it? Back oh, in mate, the 90s. you used to hate playing. Well, you know why? <laughs> there's a couple of reasons why. There used to be big crowds. But it was a tough game. Mm. Regardless of whether you won or lost, you walked away with plenty of bruises. Mm. Their draw's not too bad at the start either, is mm. it? They got well, they got Raiders, Cowboys, Storm, Warriors, Dragons. Yep. Three home games. Raiders home, Storm home, Dragons home. It's not it's not the that's not the hardest first five mm. rounds for them as well. So they can get off to a good start. Yeah. They well they can, and the expectation is for them to start well. Oh, the one for me is uh, <laughs> Does Ponga play fullback for Queensland? Oh, what a can like, What Mate, a problem! But, but even that for the How I reckon can, that's a good problem for the Knights watch. because he wants that he wants that jersey. Yeah. So he will he will want to have another cracker of a season, Ponga. He'll, he wants he wants that yeah. jersey back. So I can see Reese Walsh playing on a wing. I can't see Caelan playing on a yeah. wing. Yeah. So if you're trying to fit him in the both oh, in, both in a Queensland team. Or you can see Caelan playing I reckon, on the bench. I reckon Reese Walsh is Billy Slater's little baby. I reckon Billy will leave mm. Reese at number one. So then if Ponga's not, well, Ponga might Con- have to be 14. Well, that's what I mean. I, I, but then what do, do with, the, what do they do with Hunt and... Exactly right. um, yeah. uh, who's the other hooker yeah. from Melbourne, I'm thinking? Harry. Uh, Harry Grant, yeah. Can't fit them all in. No, it's, it's a, but I reckon Reese. That's why I reckon Ponga for the... It's great position for the Knights. Ponga is going to have to have an, the exact same season as he did the back half last yeah. year, for him to be knocking Reese Walsh off out of that jersey, I reckon. How worried are you about Origin? I'm excited. I, like that, I, I can't I, see us my winning. Only, my, uh, you can't see us I winning. I can't see us winning. No, I can't say that. But I just think, again, a lot really of these can't. things take care of themselves. Like, there's a lot of footy to be played before yeah. that first Origin. Injuries. So injuries, injuries are going to play a massive part.
Okay, uh, Cliffy from Scone is up and about. The Knights are specials for top four. We haven't had depth and confidence like this in years, says Cliffy. Yeah, it's great to see Knights mm. fans up and about. I've got a few of them in my life, and yeah, they're... Uh, <laughs> Don't read it, Vols. Don't do it. Don't do it yourself. Now, the Blue Mount Panther or Panda. Don't do it yourself. Mate, I haven't done my top eight yet. Next week. Next week, top eight. Don't do it yourself. So listen, hand up. How many wins for the night? L-I-S-T-E-N. Listen. And morning, Gaza. We know you're listening again this morning, buddy. How many wins? So 14 last year, nine losses and a draw for the Knights. How many wins will they get? I think about the same. Yeah. So you've got to be in the eight then. I think about the same. Well, no, I'm saying that that's what their expectation is. Their expectation is always to win the comp. But I think if they go if they go backwards, then obviously, I think they're a better team this year. So if they're a better team, they should be equaling as what they did last season. And, and if they don't, you'd be extremely disappointed.